Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Support comes from ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with a lot in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we took the highway to the danger field as the king of the one-liners went back to school in 1986, which means today. Fast forward to 2003 and director Todd Phillips follows up his super smash debut of Road Trip by putting three of the soon-to-be-dubbed frat pack in a literal frat. It's old school. Excuse me. True love is hard to find. Sometimes you think you have true love and then you catch the early flight home from San Diego. Today, Mitch's life took an unexpected turn. Heidi? What are you doing home? And a couple of new people jump out of your bathroom blindfolded like a damn magic show. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Now, he's starting over. Mitch, you're on the rebound. You're like an injured young fawn. So which film in this week's campus kerfuffle will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of the show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Butters. You're my boy, Chris! <laughs> I'm Alex Zane. Chris Tilly. And it's just the two of us. V is still at her cheese rolling festival where she's apparently taken a nasty knock after being hit by a wheel of Edam. More updates as we get them live on the show. So welcome to part two of Back to School versus Old School. And before we get into some school-based shenanigans with Old School, it's time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a review from one of you, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly. This comes from Delia Batty, and it's entitled 80s Child Nostalgia. Love it. I'm really enjoying listening to the back catalogue of this podcast. I think it helps that I'm of a similar age as the host and therefore have similar levels of nostalgia for films from the 80s and 90s, many of which I saw at the same point in my life. For example, I love the episode featuring Santa Claus the movie, Good. which has always been one of my favourite films, but is usually only referenced scathingly in modern <laughs> pop culture. Idiot. I'm trying to think how scathing we were. No, Santa Claus the movie's great. Yeah. I'm sure we said good things. Yeah. I thought we loved the rampant commercialism. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my thing was, loved it all when I was a kid, loved the first half and as, as an adult. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, fine. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I mean, look, it's 80s child nostalgia, man. I don't know where I heard that term recently, but definitely <laughs> that's a thing. Uh, Delia Batty then says some nonsense about Deep Impact and Armageddon, which no. I will not read out. She, uh, uh, yeah, I think I maybe. can't read it out. Okay, well, it, that's something. It makes, me depre- uh, it makes me depressed. It makes me lose faith in our listeners. So I'm, I'm just, it's better that I don't. Is it that Delia prefers Armageddon to Deep Impact? Because that's, that's kind of what it feels like she's saying. 
Armageddon's really bad. Armageddon's better um, than Deep Impact. Fact. It's also quite fun looking back over childhood favourites with a 2020s perspective and realising quite how problematic some of the films we were we watched as kids were. Yeah. Uh, I'm always impressed with the level of research around the films particularly by Chris and Alex, and the interesting stories about the film's production and alternative cast script options, uh, which were considered at the time. Five stars. Thank you very much, Lovely. Delia. Thank Love you very it. much. That's very kind of you. If you would be so kind to give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Chris Thrilly may be well reading them out on the show in the future. So head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It's very much appreciated. Right, let's do this. On Monday, back to school scored in the mid-80s, but will old school end up the loser in the noughties? That was a big swing. We'll reveal which movie scored higher in the verdict. So let me take you on a journey. Arriving home early, Mitch discovers his girlfriend loves a gangbang. Rather than celebrate this fact, as his buddy Bernard suggests, he ups and leaves, finding himself in a house on a university campus through a plot device that is skirted over as quickly as possible. At which point, Bernard and Frank the Tank drag Mitch kicking and screaming out of his funk by creating a fraternity and installing him as its unwilling patriarch. Q partying. Concrete blocks tied to penises. KY wrestling. More partying. Trank darts. Did I mention the KY wrestling? Good. This upsets the Dean, who tries to kick them out, but instead ends up being crushed by an exploding Porsche. The end. <laughs> Clash Butters, for your consideration. Old school, Chris. Tell me your history with this film. Um, watched it at the time. And really liked it. I think this was my introduction to Will Ferrell proper. I'd seen him in a couple of films previous to this and not been charmed by him, Mm -hmm. shall we say. And it's interesting. I remember reading it a long time ago. I think on his first season of Saturday Night Live, he was voted one of the worst ever cast members. So it's amazing how he transformed on that show and obviously in the movies transformed to be the biggest comedy star in the world, pretty much. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's really... I liked it. thought it was really funny. I was, you know, bang into uh, Vince Vaughn and then yeah it was just amazing seeing this bloke just sort of take his moment grab his grab his shot take it and and a star is born 100% I mean mine's not dissimilar I was doing MTV my show screenplay at the time went to a press screening of this absolutely loved it and like you I think I'd I'd only really seen Will Ferrell as Mugatu in Mm. Zoolander and again made no real impact and this I was it was like who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah. This is incredible. This is so funny. And as we'll talk about, so brave. Yes. Like really just going for it. Yeah, exactly. That, this is it. The guy's got no shame, no embarrassment. He'll do anything for a laugh. And it's just adorable. And and also, I think, yeah, we were both at the start of our careers. And so this heralded sort of a good five, maybe 10 years of what they came to be known as the Frat Pack movies, yeah. where there was a new one coming out every two or three months with all the same actors, same people involved almost all really funny but very edgy R-rated comedy and it's interesting I've not watched I've not rewatched Old School in a long time this is not one I go back to from that era I think Anchorman is probably the one I go back to the most sure but um yeah, it's interesting that it feels like this might have dated worse than Back to School from 1986 I mean has it dated worse because it was released in 2003 and in 2003 you're like oh, wow that doesn't seem that long ago certainly not to me but no there you go. It's, it isn't that long ago. It's much less than 20 years ago. We'll talk about some of those uh, moments. But yeah, and I will say one other thing. I think this was the first time I took note of Todd Phillips because I think I backtracked then and went, oh, so he did Road Trip, which mm. I did love when that came out as yeah. well. And so I was like, this guy, and obviously seeing what he's done since, and you go back to old school because this has been the first time I've revisited it for a while. You're like, it's all there. The way he was shooting things, mm. the way he shoots comedy as drama. This is very much yeah. in that vein. But we'll talk more as I take you through this movie. So, like I said, Todd Phillips, uh, done road trip, big hit. He's directing some commercials for ESPN. And the boss of the commercials company, a guy called Court Cradnell, comes up to him with a script he's written called Frat Men. Mm. So Frat Men is about some old guys who join a fraternity, start a fraternity rather. But in his script, the guys are much older, like in their 50s. So Cradnell says he came up with the idea after visiting a fancy pants party in the Hollywood Hills and he said they had sliced ham and wine. There was literally someone playing the harp and I just thought, holy shit, where is the fun gone? 
I honestly, where I am in my life right now, it sounds lovely. I, <laughs> cheese, wine, ham, a harp. Cheese? Vicky would love it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Vicky, it's a fancy pie. Stop rolling it. <laughs> so, Phillips likes the idea, wants to work with his road trip producer, Ivan Reitman again. Thinks there's something in this. Ivan, he likes the script, but wants the guys to be younger. So Crandall does a rewrite. Now, he says, at the time, this is Crandall talking, I was a little unsure of that. I felt it was a slightly different movie, but I wrote that version and then turned it in. Wrote it a little too quickly, to be honest with you. But the guys ended up optioning the script. The next time Crandall sees them is at the premiere party. So they take the script off him. He wrote this second draft in three weeks. We'll come back to that. As you can imagine, a little bit of a hoo-ha now about the writing credits on this movie. So Phillips and his road trip writing partner, Scott Armstrong, say they basically took Crandall's script and used nothing but the idea, rewriting it from scratch for a year and a half. So it goes to arbitration and the WGA give the screenplay credit to Phillips and Armstrong and Cradnell. uh, God, I've written his name two different ways. I've written it as Crandall or Cradnell. And now he's not even getting a writing credit on this movie. Court Crandall. Crandall. Thanks very much. All right. Crandall. He says the ultimate product is a combination of the original idea and some stuff I had written, as well as what Todd and Scott wrote. And there was a whole lot of ad-libbing. To be honest with you, totally think I should have got a writing credit. If I had any regrets, it's that I turned in my second draft way too quickly. <laughs> this this next sentence, Crandall, bless him, mm. bit of a reach. If I'd taken more time, my second draft would probably have had a lot more in common with the final draft. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, Todd Phillips, mm. Scott Armstrong, very, very good comedy writers. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a little bit of a reach, but he does get a story credit. Uh, Reitman uh, says, court script really required more. We used very little of that. Right. Yeah. Casting-wise, this is where it gets interesting. In my opinion, Vince Vaughn, Phillips absolutely 100% wants him for the role of Bernard. Mm. DreamWorks studio, not convinced. Uh, think he's not funny enough. Well, why don't they send them a DVD of Swingers? That's possible. Yeah. But I think it's more to do with the fact that I don't think a studio looks back that far because it's quite some time since Swingers and he's been making like thrillers and dramatic oh. movies. He'd, uh, he'd done The Cell He'd made that mad Gus Van Sant shop for shop remake of Psycho. He'd just come off the Travolta. To be fair, that's quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I don't think it's meant to be. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He'd just done the Travolta for domestic disturbance. But Phillips, basically, which I love, him and Reitman double team DreamWorks and say, you know, we know comedy. Just leave it to us. We've seen swingers. (laughs) So they get their way and Vince Vaughn gets cast. Um, Farrell tells a similar story. Uh, Todd had to convince some of those at the studio to hire me, so I've always felt indebted to Todd. And Luke Wilson says, and I love... Luke Wilson comes across as a great guy in interviews. He says, uh, I didn't know anything about Todd Phillips. I was just a hard hand. I would be surprised if I was the first guy they went to, but who knows? I'd genuinely be surprised if they were like, get us Luke Wilson. (laughs) But... Those are our three main cast. Uh, the film wasn't a massive hit. I mean, it was a big hit, $86 million on a $24 million budget, but its legacy far outweighs its box office. Like we've said, it began the frat pack, turned Vaughan into a huge comic actor, as well as cementing Ferrell's status. Uh, there's a brilliant oral history in Playboy from 2019 where a lot of that information came from. Uh, they ask, and I mentioned this on Monday, they asked Todd Phillips in the interview... Could the original film get made in 2019, given today's sensibilities? You answered that question on Monday, Chris, with what? It could be made, but you'd have to change everything. (laughs) (laughs) Change the words. (laughs) Yeah. Tom Phillips says, I haven't seen it in so long that I don't even know what would be out of rhythm with now, but it's certainly something you'd have to be aware of. I suppose it's a tough one. Laughs. For me, it's this, it's this overarching tone of, aren't women awful? Oh, women. Oh, they're such a drag. Oh, I hate women. And it never, it just sort of sticks around. Now, I don't like sentimental comedy particularly, or, or I like comedy that's nasty, but it, it feels more mean-spirited watching it now than when I watched it the first time. Yeah, 
Yes, I sort of see your point. I mean, I think I think depending on your perspective, you know, Marissa, Tank's wife, Frank the Tank's wife, you know, on the one hand, it's like, oh, oh, aren't women awful? But at the same time, you, you, if you look at it from her perspective, she should not be with Frank. It was a mistake, as Vince Vaughn uh, says <laughs> at the wedding, at the start. It's like they walk away now and they're not suited for each other. And also you've got Vince Vaughn's art where, you know, he says when they get the frat house at the start, he's like, we're going to get so much and then at the end, when he is presented with the opportunity, in his words, to get ass, mm. he turns it down because he loves his wife and he's like, I'm married. And it was just all bluster. Mm. So I see what you're saying, but let's go through the movie and I'll bring in a few more facts from the cast as we proceed. So <laughs> what a way to open with the F slur. There you go. It's 2003. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that latent homophobia, alive and well in both films. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean... Let's be honest, he's still doing it again a few years later with The Hangover. The yep. Bradley Cooper line in that, you're like, wow, okay, obviously that would not be there if they remade this now in 2023. Uh, so I get my funny, uh, the funny moment for me, the first funny moment, which I think is also a moment where you go, ah, we're in safe hands here. Here's a director, here's a writer-director who knows their comedy is Luke Wilson going through security. A, a fairly staid gag. I'm sure we've seen it a lot of times before and since. But it's the bit where the military guy turns up and it's just getting worse and worse. And then the final, the little button on it is as Luke Wilson is walking through with the military guy pointing the gun at him. The guy, the army guy, beckons over a colleague off camera. I'm just like, what a, what a way to end that yeah. scene. And don't forget, this is 2003. This is only two years after 2001. Mm. Youngsters listening to this won't remember. Walking through airports was easy. Yeah. You could carry a bunch of guns with you and no one would bat an eyelid. Yeah. Everything changed. So this is this was definitely playing on what, what the change that was going on in the world at that time. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Mitch gets home early. Uh, his partner, Heidi, played by Juliet Lewis, uh, she's having a gangbang. Yeah, it's funny. She's having a gangbang. This is good. It was really sorry, funny. It's like... I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's like the most disingenuous apology. Yeah. I'm really sorry. She's so funny here. He's very funny here because at first he thinks she's just watching porn and he's super into yeah. it. And then it, it just gets worse and worse and worse until you get the uh, the Todd Phillips cameo. Yeah, Todd Phillips uh, playing his uh, regulation cameo of, uh, well, it began uh, in Road Trip as foot lover uh, here we get gangbang guy and in the hangover mr creepy <laughs> so this is his uh, regulation cameo so flash forward to frank on his wedding day <laughs> we get our first experience of vince vaughn and you can't understate or overstate rather I always get those two confused how important this movie was for vaughn's career because we get the vaughn that we know now like full blown, full yeah. bore in this movie. Walk away, walk away, friend. Walk <laughs> but it's away. pretty much Trent, isn't it, from Swingers? And there's yeah. not a huge amount of difference between the two. Sure, I, I guess, yeah. And I guess I keep saying this, and I will continue to say it. I think because of the trajectory he went on after Swingers, this movie is still responsible for giving us the Vaughan we have now. I think without it, we'd be in a different place. He, uh, he says all those horrible things about her, and then when he shakes the father-in-law's <laughs> hand, it takes a real man to give away an angel. Perfect line. That is a perfect line. <sighs> so let's go to the reception. Uh, so apparently they all had a drink before this reception. Luke Wilson says, yeah, I think we made the decision to have a few beers uh, just to keep things loose. So they're all a little bit loose uh, during this reception. Uh, we get the, um, the wonderful, wonderful wedding band, Dan Finity is the lead singer. It's his real band. It's mm. Dan Finity and the Dan Band. They were big in LA, yep. and this was their speciality, doing sweary covers of songs. And he was actually performing at Muck G's party. Apparently they'd made a pilot together, and he was at Muck G's party. Todd Phillips was there, sees him, goes, I need a wedding singer for my movie. Uh, what would you do? And he said something like, I I've got a heartbreaking version of Private Dancer and Total Eclipse mashed together that I think will break hearts. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets him on set and then Dan Finity because he doesn't realise he's allowed to swear does the performance and doesn't swear oh no <laughs> that's the act <laughs> yeah he comes over and goes you are going to what, what What the fuck is going on you're going to swear right like you did in the show that made me high for this he's like I didn't know I was allowed to oh, <laughs> so wow. he does it properly and he's fantastic yeah they end up having a fruitful relationship don't they the, the damn bands in Starsky and Hutch and The Hangover oh shit yes yeah yeah it's great it's a great moment um and uh, we also meet Nicole, played by Ellen Pompeo, uh, 
That's uh, Mitch's to be love mm. interest. Yeah, very well drawn character. <laughs> Seems like a real person. Um, <laughs> just rubbish. <laughs> it's just come on. Try. I mean, give us something. If 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 she has any problem with the role, and uh, if she read it on the page and goes, "This isn't really a a, a fully realised <laughs> character," blame Steven Spielberg because Steven Spielberg called Todd Phillips um, when uh, I hear you're looking for someone to play Nicole, and Todd Phillips said they cast loads of people. This he says he remembers mm. Amy Adams coming into screen test for this mm. role, and Steven Spielberg called him and went, um, "You should go with uh, Ellen Pompeo. Mm. I've just worked with her on Catch Me If You Can, and uh, she's really good." And Todd Phillips went. Absolutely, sir. Sure, sure. She's so good, you won't actually have to write a character for her. <laughs> oh, I did wonder, uh, Chris, I have to ask this. Uh, there's a moment where Mitch says, uh, we had a dog, we had a great place. Are you picking movies to help me through my own breakup? Because if you are, that is such a lovely thing to do. Because I feel like high fidelity... This all right, high fidelity was upsetting for all of us when we realised what we'd done. Okay, it was awkward in the room, but I, I was just—you got through it. Am I, am I Mitch and you're Vince Vaughn? Because already I, I don't really love that because I'd rather be Vince Vaughn. But if the gesture is there, I'll accept it, buddy. I, I honestly wasn't thinking about this as a, as a breakup movie. That's not how <laughs> the genre I put it in. But um, if that's how you took it, I'm sorry, but I hope it helped. It, it really did. It really did. So thank you. Uh, 12 minutes in, structurally sound, we get our inciting incident. Bosh! He's got a house on campus. Why? <laughs> Somebody died. A uh, professor died. Yeah. And we're there. Doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares why he's got this house on campus. De- dead professor's house on campus. Best thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah, fine. It doesn't matter. Um, just all I'm going to say in this scene is, is Vince Vaughn, you've got to support that baby's head. <laughs> support the baby's head. It's flopping all over the place in the first bit of the scene when he comes in with the baby on him. Yeah, and it's a real baby. I know. Okay. I can tell. Sure. It's not It's not the American sniper baby. <laughs> do, the, do babies have a sort of uh, a Peter equivalent where they look out for babies being mistreated? I mean, on just a human beings should be seeing it. <laughs> just support that neck. Oh, I don't. I, this, I mean, I watched it. I didn't have a problem, but then I, I won't hold a baby. If someone gives me a baby to hold, I'll put it on the ground because I'm not interested in holding babies. What if you're near traffic? <laughs> I'm not going to put it in the road. Someone gave me a baby once at a party and I just put it on the grass because I was like, there, it's, it's just can do its own. I don't, it's safer on, on the grass being trampled than it yeah. is me holding it, as we've just proved. I wouldn't know to support a baby's head. Whose fucking baby is that? Yeah, you, and, and, um, and grown-ups as well. You've got to support the neck when you hold a grown-up. Okay, just okay. this is really good advice. I didn't see this episode going there, but uh, but a word to uh, all of our dear. Oh, that's followers. it. You're supporting my neck now. Oh, that feels see. It feels nice, doesn't great, it? Great. Thank you. Great. Uh, this is. Let me just write that down. Make a little note of that. Asterisk. Skit. Uh, okay. Good. So, shall we head to Mitchell Palooza? Oh. Mm. Mitchell Palooza. Um, so many stories about as you can imagine. The minute you watch this and you go. Okay, 2003, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Dogg, Warren G. A lot of extras, frat, frat house comedy. <laughs> what was going on behind the scenes? A lot was going on behind the scenes. Snoop Dogg's trailer basically turned into a nightclub between takes and the extras were all in there. Vince Vaughn was in there playing Madden 2003 on the okay. PlayStation. Everyone was that getting sounds quite tame. <laughs> absolutely hoisted okay, better. on weed that Todd Phillips says... I'd never experienced anything like it. It knocked you on your ass in a way that I wasn't ready mm. for. I don't think Vince was either. Will you smoke a joint for Christ's sake? Do you know the only person who wasn't in the trailer? Vince came up to Luke Wilson and said, we've been on Snoop's bus. It's been unbelievable on there. <laughs> and Luke Wilson said, I felt like my character. I was like... Oh, you've been hanging out with Snoop. Why didn't anybody invite me? Wow. <laughs> he was in his trailer on his own. Well, I think I think um, rapper weed is different to everyone else's weed. Uh, I, I mentioned that story about a friend of mine, Lud- Ludacris, gave her all his weed when he broke up with her. Uh, I got a friend who hangs out with RZA a little bit from the Wu-Tang Clan. Uh-huh. Again, just this weed that's unlike anything else on the planet. These aren't circles I imagine you moved in, Chris. This is a real eye-opener for me. Wow. Yeah, you've heard the stories. Well, you've met the guy who knows RZA. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
Did you ever smoke any of the weed? No. Oh, okay. No, I drank. No, 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 I no, drank a shot with Rizza. Pretend we're not on air. Did okay. You, did, you, did you? Did you? No, no, he didn't oh. offer me weed. He, oh, he got me. What's the What's the Japanese um, shot that you drink? Sake. No, sake. Uh, sake. Yeah, sake. I drank sake with Rizza. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But no weed, sadly. All right. That's a shame. That's a shame. Do you know who was meant to originally perform at Mitch Palooza? Oh, um, it was Snoop Dogg and one other person. Mm, any clues? Uh, you will not expect it. Uh, a <laughs> okay. music, a music icon who I've seen in Hyde Park. Whoa, Bob Dylan. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Todd Phillips says they got to talking to Bob Dylan's people, and it then just went away. It was going to be Bob Dylan and Snoop Dogg at Mitchapalooza. I mean, he does pop. He's made a lot of movies. Bob Dylan. He pops up in movies. But yeah, that that would have been a very weird one. Yeah, I think it was some idea of like the combination of old school and new school. Right. Old guys and young yeah. people at this Mitchapalooza. Yeah. So they were getting an icon from then, a modern artist. Well, he does like to reinvent himself, Bob. So yeah. I, I want to see that now. I mean, I want to see it too. Uh, Tom Phillips gives the example of how, you know, they have these conversations and then they, they put it out there and it doesn't always work out. Mm. And obviously he uses the example of Mike Tyson where they were just like, Listen, we could ask Mike Tyson. And someone was like, he'll never do it. And then... Obviously, he did The Hangover. Yeah, uh, on the subject of rapper weed, though, as Scott Armstrong, the writer, said he ended up standing next to Snoop Dogg in a tent at the premiere, and Snoop Dogg gave him some weed, and it was the premiere of the movie, and Scott Armstrong had to go home. (laughs) (laughs) It was so fucking strong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So, Mitchapalooza (laughs) happens. Uh, We get a... First look at Frank the Tank. He's talking about going to Bed Bath and Beyond and Home Depot. Yeah, the kids laugh at him. Says, "Fill it up, fill it up <laughs> yeah. again." Oh, yeah. He says he promises Frank the Tank isn't coming back, and then he <laughs> says, "All right, I'll do one." Yeah, we're going streaking. <laughs> Possibly the most famous scene from this movie, I'd argue. Very funny, mm. very very funny. Shocking, Will Ferrell. shocking. <laughs> Will Ferrell says. Uh, as for the streaking scene, uh, this is a classic case of reading something in a script and thinking, oh, that will be funny, and then forgetting that you have to actually execute it. Thankfully, though, he says it worked out and it became a memorable part of this movie. I mean, I don't want to be rude, but I think Will Ferrell has a slightly awkward body. And sure. I think he enjoys that awkwardness and he likes to show it off. And as, we've, as we will learn throughout his career, he just has no shame. And mm. so, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think he is enjoying it as much as we are. Absolutely. I mean, Tom Phillips says uh, Will is a lot of things, but mostly he's brave. He just doesn't mm. give a shit. Yeah. He would be down to dry anything and he'd always make it funny than you thought it would be. I mean, 100%. The moment he backs into the backseat, arse first, you're like, yes, <laughs> that's that's brave. Do you think KFC's still open? <laughs> uh, Perry Reeves, who plays his wife, Marissa, said, we did a lot of takes. Will was wearing a sock, as they do when they're doing these scenes which is almost weirder because then you cannot not stare at it because it's in a sock. Yeah, what is he, red hot chilli pepper? <laughs> oh, so it's the following morning. Elisha, Alicia Cuthbert is there. She plays Darcy. She wakes up uh, next to Mitch. Mm. And uh, as she leaves, he says, bye, I love you, which was an ad lib that Luke Wilson didn't expect them to keep in the movie. But he says that's why Todd Phillips mm. is a genius because it's such a weird moment. And we're led to believe that she's a college student <laughs> at this point in the film, yeah. which is not great, but fine. I mean, legal, so fine. Yeah, and it's played as a bad thing, sort of. Is it? Um, is it played as a bad thing at any point in the film? No. It gives us arguably one of the funniest moments in the film. But before we get yeah, to that... Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Before we get to that, yeah, you've got Vince Vaughn watching himself on TV the following day and he's on screen and he goes, if we can't beat our competitors' prices, I'll give you the keys to the store. Literally. Cut to Vince Vaughn on the sofa going, I, I mean figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> I mean figuratively. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is lovely. And we meet Dean Pritchard. Jeez! Uh, played by Jeremy Piven. And mm. they didn't know who they wanted for this role and Jeremy Piven came in in Dean Pritchard's outfit Mm -hmm. wearing the glasses dressed as it and he got the part Uh, and then according to um, uh, Perry Reeves uh, Marissa the actress who they became friends on Entourage uh, he uh, he sent an email after he watched the movie and goes I see my part's been cut 
I'm in my first big blockbuster and they've cut my part. So apparently Dean Pritchard was in this a lot more. Right. Oh, Jeremy Piven, who famously takes things really well. Um, it's his, I think he's very good in this. Oh, he's him, great. Him and his hair are, are excellent. He's great because this is early Piven. He hadn't really done a lot. This is one of his first bigger roles. Well, he was in pretty much every John Cusack film. Sure. Because that's his best mate and he would always be next to him in those movies. Right. But, um... Yeah, yeah, including like Gross Point Blank. I think holding your own and being funny next to Farrell and yeah. Vaughan, I think is good work. Also, he's not there to be super funny, is he? He's there to be annoying and the sort of fly in their ointment. And I think, yeah, he does a really good job of, of giving us really boring exposition about rezoning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Someone died. <laughs> yeah, it's that again. Uh Right, let's talk about uh, the reveal that uh, Darcy mm. is in high school uh, where Luke Wilson mitches with his boss and then she walks in and if that wasn't bad enough, that you've slept with your boss's daughter, then the boss says to think that in just seven months you'll be graduating mm. from high school. And the funniest line in spit take that Mitch does, that spit take, is it's a good spit take. But we aren't doing that now, are we? We aren't doing that joke now that a grown-ass man is having sex with a schoolgirl. I know, and it's, I think it obviously hit me more now because, A, it's 2023, but also it's revealed Mitch is 30. Mm. And when I saw this, I was 23. And suddenly, Mitch being 30, when I watched this at 23, he was an older guy. And now I'm like... Oh, my God. Oh, God, he's younger than me in this movie. A, a lot younger than you, Alex. Not that not, not Not a little bit. I mean, what is You're age? nearly twice his age. What's age? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we've got the therapy scene. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Very funny. Marissa and Frank go to see a therapist. Wasn't in Todd Phillips' original cut. Ivan Reitman talks about how Todd Phillips cut out a lot of the character stuff because he just wasn't that confident with it at this point in his career. Yeah, I don't know if it is a great scene. I, I, <laughs> it's quite funny, but it's, it, you're walking this fine line of these people stop being seeming like actual people and they're like, I don't know, cartoon characters or something, which I said was a good thing with Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. But, I mean, talking about the waitress's knickers and... Uh, wanting to know what colour they are and it's stuff. It's just like... Set up payoff. a real person. Yeah, sure. It's set up payoff, though. It's the idea... I mean, yes, I see your argument. Did it go too far? Also, he has just been told it's the, the, the safety nest or whatever. Sure. That, like, this is a safe space. Sure. You know, it's what therapy is meant to be. It's yeah. like, you can say anything in here and it's completely fine, no matter how weird. Yeah, yeah, just fair so. enough, fair enough. And that's what happens. That, well, and it needs to be big enough to get him kicked out of his house. Right. So we're starting a fraternity. Bosh. Uh, Luke Wilson comes back. Mitch comes back. All I wanted to do is get some fucking sleep. Uh, cue one of my favourite Vince Vaughn lines. All you got to do is say earmuffs to the kid. Mm. You know, earmuffs. Fuck. Shit. <laughs> Frank goes, cock, balls. I'm just proving a point, Frank. You don't have to celebrate it. Yeah. There's sort of two lines at this that have become sort of catchphrases, and yeah. earmuffs is definitely one of them. You're my boy, Blue. That's the other one. That is the other one, yeah. Uh, they called Judith Lewis's character a whore because this film hates women. Right. That I don't remember. I think I have selective hearing <laughs> when I'm watching a movie that I have a lot of nostalgia for. Yeah. Um, I have rose-tinted earmuffs on. Very good, yeah. very good. But we we've got to be real. We're analysing both films this okay. week, not just one of them. Sure. But yeah, we meet Blue, an old Navy veteran. Oh, Memorable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think I got some notes on Blue uh, that uh, Todd Phillips says what we were looking for when we were casting Blue was about finding the oldest guy alive <laughs> that was actually an actor mm. and could physically do it fall on his back when he dies in that scene his name is Patrick he's since passed mm. but he was a fucking dream he totally understood what we were doing it blew my mind well, uh, blew his mind Oh, uh, he's an always, old, always working, Phillips. He's an old Navy veteran playing an old Navy veteran. Uh-huh. And I think what's lovely about this is he had a career of a bunch of roles and stuff you've never seen. And this was this was his big break, hmm? you know, right at the end. I'm, I, I think that's lovely that he got a moment. And it's it's a small but important part of this film. Yes. <laughs> Everyone remembers Blue. Yeah. Partly because of the line that Todd Phillips says, the line he gets shouted at him most is that line, you're really? my boy, Blue! He really? loves it. Yeah, he says that's the one that has entered the lexicon most out of all the lines in this film. Mm. Yeah, no, totally. So, 
We get a great van scene. Yeah. Again. Metallica playing. Phillips directing comedy as yeah. drama. Yeah. Uh, well, properly. action here, isn't it? Grabbing, tackling, kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. You tell anyone about this and I'll kill you. <laughs> I'm joking. We'll have him back by dinner. Great line. Lovely. Lovely. Uh, we get the test that they have to do on the side of the building with concrete blocks tied mm. to their penises. Uh, there's an actor who is called Patrick Adams who plays... Uh, he's basically a noted extra in this. He's one of the pledgers. Uh, you'll recognise the name. He went on to be the lead in Suits, but at the time, oh, okay. he was unknown and he was just a noted extra in this. And they actually had a real problem because they needed someone to play guitar at Blue's funeral. Right, yeah, yeah. He was the only one who could play guitar. Todd Phillips said, can anyone play guitar? He was like, I can. No one else put their hands up. Todd Phillips went, anyone else? <laughs> uh, because it was going to be a big contract thing to then have him play guitar in the movie. Right. Because he was just an extra. But yeah, he, uh, he went on to be in suits. Um, so he says, uh, of all the days to have someone visit set, Luke Wilson was going out with Gwyneth Paltrow at the time and she turns up to watch a scene and it's that scene. Wow. So she walks down with them all standing on there. She goes, hey guys. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Her and Ben Stiller were there that day of all the days. That's not fair. I know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, did they have their willies out? I imagine they had uh, tube socks on. Yeah. Like the chilies. Yeah. Is this do, do we know if this is a real uh thing that frat houses would do the penis brick thing? I I'd worry that it's too dangerous. I mean, there is no way back from but that. The frat stuff is very dangerous, isn't it? That's why it's banned now, effectively. Oh, yeah, There's been lots of controversy mean? around What's it. The, uh... Joshua Jackson movie. The Skulls. The Skulls. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, famously, one of the reasons this film came to Todd Phillips was because he made a documentary called Frat House. Yeah. Which is on YouTube. I mean, I watched it years ago, but I don't know if you've read about the controversy around that. No. It's a very good documentary about the dark side of these frat houses, but he, uh, he recreated some of the situations falsely, um, but presented them as part of the documentary. Todd Phillips did? Yeah. He made the documentary, and so some of the documentary wasn't real, but it was presented as real, and so it got him in a lot of trouble. I feel like it did, HBO made it or something and then couldn't screen it because of this sort of falsifying of scenes. Wow. I did not know that. Because mm. it won a prize at Cannes. Yeah, and I might have that story slightly wrong. As I say, it's a long time since I watched it, but yeah, there was an issue with, with stuff being presented as real that wasn't. Injury. Yeah, I mean, that, that will get you into trouble yeah. if you're making a documentary. Exactly. Kind of not allowed to do that. But this is where we hear Blue, you're my boy for the first time, isn't it? Will Ferrell shouts it out. You're my boy, Blue! Yeah, I think uh, one of the uh, one of the cast, one of the pledges talks about how it certainly wasn't written like that in the script. That's all Ferrell taking uh, just a little line and adding some magic to it turning it into a piece of cinema history. You love to hear it. So we're on to the blowjob scene. Mm. Um, not a fan particularly. Never no. was when I first watched no. it. Never. I've written down. Well. I've written down. What is this scene? Yeah. Uh, um, problematic think... Andy Dick doing it as well, which doesn't help. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah. It's just. I guess it seemed funny at the time to them. I mean, it's Phillips, sort of shocking. Phillips doesn't like this scene particularly, or he, he certainly talks about it in the sense that. You know, and you touched on this, making people making people cartoon characters, you know, where where does reality end and where does this just become a bit silly? And he says, as stupid old, as old school is, it does feel very grounded in reality, apart from this wig. Uh, when I saw that wig, it was mm. a red flag. It doesn't feel very real. I remember I had a conversation with Andy Dick about it, but he was very married to that wig. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of the humour in this film comes from people entering rooms or seeing things at inopportune moments. Mm. Um, but here, I, I think the right... It's a, it's a good idea to have Frank come home and get the wrong idea about something. I'm just not sure this is the right situation. Because I think it is actually quite funny when, when um, Andy Dick beats him up. Mm. But just this stuff before is just a bit sleazy, really. Yeah. And, just not, and just not funny. I got some uh, some quotes from Andy Dick, which uh, are on the slightly unpleasant side. Which are he's not a pleasant man. Well, we'll come to the quotes, and uh, <laughs> you can make your judgment call then. But it won't be far off, I don't imagine. Yeah, uh, about this though, about being in this movie, Andy Dick says I did two movies with Todd. Then I got mad, and I wasn't in the really. Oh, then I got mad that I wasn't in the really big one, The Hangover. I was like, what the fuck? Never mm. saw him after that. So that no. Was it. Yeah. yeah, but then he he was kept being inappropriate on sets around people. So I've heard. Yeah. So I have heard, um, mm. and as these quotes will uh, no doubt uh, 
uh, elaborate on. Yeah, it sounds a bit, bit of a wrong one. Mm. Uh, right then. So, uh, we're off to a party. A kid's party at Bernard's house. Uh, we meet Mark, who's with Nicole. Oh, he's a bad un. Mm. Uh, and a... not a very good actor. Yeah, in uh, Craig Kilborn's defence, he was... Uh... Well, he's not an actor. No, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Literally, yeah. he was uh, hosted The Daily Show and The Late Late Show. And this, yeah. is, this was his very, very... One of his first ever acting roles. Yeah, and I guess a relatively big name uh, in this cast if you're in America, but... Yeah, I mean, obviously he didn't go on to then be much of an actor. No, no, he didn't. He, he, does, blame, he does blame someone on giving him the advice that uh, you're on a big screen, which is advice that they give actors in feature films. It's like you're on a big screen, so be understated because everything is much bigger on the screen. And he says that was bad advice because I was way too understated. But I don't think the uh, discovery he, of him the, with the waiting staff is right. bad. He gives good arsehole. Yes. <laughs> Can yes. I say that? Yeah. I mean, as well as Will Ferrell does when he backs into the car. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, wow. Another very memorable moment mm. in this movie is with a man who I love. I love Sean William Scott. I think he's brilliant. And here he is working with Will Ferrell, who's also brilliant, in a wonderful trank dart scene. I was telling Vicky uh, the other day about, on the on the on on air, about some horrible interview I'd had with someone. Oh, again. no, is it? I can't remember. No, no, no. And she said, are there, any that, are there any that surprised you that were good and that were nice and that you weren't expecting? And this is it. So I, I've interviewed Sean William Scott twice now, but the first time, I was just, whatever, Sean William Scott, I didn't really have any interest. And I could not have been more charmed by the man. Yes. He was just the most lovely easygoing, fun person. Uh, I think we played NHL hockey okay. on the PlayStation for some reason. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was doing Goon. Oh, that, that was it. That will explain And it. we were trying, we were sort of recreating the scene in Swingers where they're trying to do yeah. that thing. Um, but just just an absolute joy. And I would interview him every day of the week if I could. I had exactly the same experience when mm. I was doing the breakfast show on XFM and he came in and I was like, never met him before, wasn't sure. Huge star. And he was coming into this little side studio, little cupboard that we were going to do this interview in and he was just... Absolutely brilliant, funny, mm. charming, but not try-hard funny. Just naturally no. funny. He's a bit. He's a little bit like his character in American Pie, but smarter. Yeah. But I, th- I felt like he was a bit like. I mean, we were to- we got talking about his lo- his first name, and like genuinely didn't seem to know why it's got two ends at the end. <laughs> Would you not have found out by now? He d- didn't seem bothered. <laughs> don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> it's funny. like the first time he'd ever thought about it. It's funny. That reminds me of. Uh... We, we were talking about it. I don't think we mentioned this on air. Like when we were doing the Banshees of Inner Sharon and uh, Nikki, our producer's Irish, and I was mm. like, it's, uh, it's Barry Keoghan. And oh, she was yes. like, that's not how it's pronounced. I just want to save you from air. And yeah. I was like, okay. But then we looked it up and Barry Keoghan pronounces it Keoghan. Yeah, yeah. And he said, he said, I might have been getting it wrong. All these yeah, 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 yeah. But that's how I've always pronounced yeah, it. Bless him. Yeah, it's not Barry Cohen. We did say it on air. Yeah, okay. Hey, did you just hear that? <laughs> <laughs> Same story, Claxon. Same story. I'm glad I, someone in this room pays attention. <laughs> we turn out so much content. So much content. Algorithm, algorithm. <laughs> we turn out so much content. I can't remember everything. Oh, right then. You're crazy, man. <laughs> I like you, but you're crazy. It's good. The POV stuff of him. I remember mm. this was the scene, more than the streaking, that mm. I was in Bucking stitches yep. in the cinema Agreed. where he pushes the kid out of the way in the POV shot and then stumbles through yeah. the table. It's so yeah, good. it's a great performance, but it's 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 really well shot by Todd Phillips, isn't it? Yeah. And then we get the graduate homage, Sound of Silence, second film this week I've watched that's had a, had that blooming graduate. Everyone feels they've got to do the graduate homage. <laughs> we should do the graduate. By what the way. was the other one? What's the other film you watched? I can't remember. Okay, oh. All right. Well, uh, we're going to have some wrestling after this break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right. Let's get to the wrestling then. Uh, an homage to Stripes. This is weird. Vicky goes away and we do two films <laughs> with a very sort of lubricated wrestling sequence. What's going on? I guess it is. I guess it is. But I guess that's part of the course, isn't it? Mud wrestling is a big thing. Well, it seemed to be a big thing in the 80s. Sure. It yeah. felt like everyone in America was mud wrestling. Yep. If, to, to my English eyes, I was like, I need to get to that. But also, I always thought, Does, that doesn't look like that much fun. Uh, I, I don't, it looks painful to be. Yeah, perfectly yeah, honest. yeah. I mean, it's it's like real wrestling. No one, no one's, no one's joking. It's not sexy. It's fighty. You know what? I just while I was on holiday, I read Dave Grohl's autobiography. Sure. And he stayed with a friend whose sister did that for a living in a club, mm. and she said he said it was so much fun. Me and her brother would go down there get drunk and watch his sister and her friends kick the shit out of every man. Just first, first minute, bang in the bollocks. Game over. Just a line of men in suits just getting the shit kicked out of them. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Good, yeah. Nice work if you can get it. I guess it depends on who the guy stepping into the ring with you is. Because if some guy's getting some weird kick out of it and not going, this is fun, then things, you know, it's a bit different. I'm sure security has soon ejected them. He said, he made it sound like this was a lot of fun for everyone involved. Good, good, mm. good, healthy, good, healthy fun in KY Jelly. The most fun you can have with KY <laughs> Jelly. Uh, so let's make it not fun. Um, Lisa Donuts, uh, oh. she plays uh, one of the girls mm. wrestling and uh, she got the part uh, through Andy Dick. She was going out with Andy Dick at the time. They broke up just before this, but she'd got to know Todd. He does say, look, you don't have to do this. Only do it if you're comfortable. She says, yeah, I'm definitely up for it. I'm 22 at the time. She's like, yeah, I'll do that. So Andy Dick says, Lisa and I dated for five years. She's literally the most beautiful person I've ever dated. While we were dating, I said, please never go topless ever. And then we broke up and she fucking immediately went topless. All of a sudden I see the movie and her fucking tits are hanging out. I went berserk. Get a life, Andy. Not a good bloke. Not a good Get bloke. a life. Uh, Lisa says, Andy and I actually broke up right around this time I auditioned. I think that's why I might have been like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And he says, it was a really big middle finger to me. It hurt my feelings. I was in love with her. I'm not even going to read the rest of it. No. But yeah, darkness. 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 And the scene, the scene gets pretty dark. Blue dice. <laughs> yeah. Does he get dark? It's kind of funny. He's like st- <laughs> sticking in the air. Oh, it's such a. It's just such a stupid joke. The whole the whole scene is just stupid, isn't it? It's, yeah. But I guess it's funny, and it sticks in your brain. There's there's like three scenes in this film that just stick in your brain. Absolutely. Uh, and we do get a bit of character stuff, which we mentioned earlier. Vince Vaughn actually has the opportunity to get some ass and chooses not to because he's mm. not a bad dude. It's just mm. all bluster. It's just guy shit. Which actually they carried over. Not these people, but Entourage. Jeremy Piven's married to Marissa, actress, yep. in, in Entourage. Ah. And although they started differently with his character, as the series progressed, they, they made the point with his character was he would never cheat on his wife, whereas everyone else in Entourage wouldn't care. Yep. It was, it's that point, isn't it, by having the biggest arsehole in your film actually have a real moral, decent moral compass to them. Mm. 
Uh, we get the funeral, which is uh, Proto Allen from The Hangover, a little bit, where he's singing, Will Ferrell singing the song. Yeah, first time I ever heard Dust in the Wind. Right. Uh, I mean, Will Ferrell sings in most of his films. I think so. And... Uh, I mean, again, not awkward voice, awkward body, <laughs> but always going to be funny. And I, I have played this quite a lot of times on YouTube. I like listening to him sing "Dust in the Wind." <laughs> it's such passion. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. And obviously, when he shouts out at the end, I don't know whether I'm laughing or crying. You got Mike uh, Ross, aka the actor Patrick Adams, playing guitar there. Who uh, Mike Ross from Suits, and uh, then we get a wonderful little joke where <laughs> Marissa. I mean, it's obviously there's a little bit of darkness because she wants to get divorced but just before that she says I'm sorry I didn't ring you on your birthday <laughs> he's like what? <laughs> Frank did you forget your birthday <laughs> great that's good yeah that's good really great uh, meanwhile Mark has set up Mitch for a fall telling Nicole that it was Mitch who was flirting harassing sorry oh, what an arsehole harassing and we get a lovely bit of writing because not only does she not believe him because Mark's got in there first but <laughs> then Darcy walks by wearing, wearing her high school jacket and you're like well oh, it's yeah yeah but i don't i think the film is quite happy with that <laughs> it's happy with a gag that's what it's happy with yeah. i don't think i think it would be a mistake to assume that any more thought than is this funny yeah, has yeah. gone into it yeah so yeah uh so the low point now the mitch comes back house is boarded up not only does Nicole hate him but dean pritchard is getting them evicted and so we are in to act Three. This is nuts. <laughs> Basically, they had to reshoot the whole of Act Three really? almost because this these tests were not in the original script right. and not in the original climax yeah, to the I, film I, that I, they I, shot. I guess because they make no sense because they aren't at the school. <laughs> right. They've got to jump through a lot of hoops to have that. Because even when I was putting these films together, I, was, I suddenly realised, hold on, he goes back to school in back to school. They're not going back to school. They're just living on the property. Yeah. But then by the end... For some reason, they're part of the school. So Ivan Reitman said it was clear that the last act wasn't working. Mm -hmm. They needed to fight back. And the Dean, much like an animal house, needed his comeuppance. We built in that whole Olympic sequence, which we then shot from scratch. I, everyone would love to be able to sit here and tell you what the original ending was. Mm. Unfortunately, Script City have not emailed me the PDF of the original shoot, the Why original shooting shoot. Because I bought, I bought it yesterday and it takes 24 to 48 hours to arrive in my inbox. So... In the best forward sell ever on a future Clash Pod, I will reveal to you the original ending of Old School. Probably while we're talking about something completely different. Indeed, we will be. But yeah, I, I don't know yet. I really want to know what was done on that page before this. Or if you get it really soon, you could record it in your own <gasps> booth and we could stick it on the end. Bosh. Okay. Here is me at home, potentially, and it won't be there if I don't get it in time. Here is me at home telling you the original end to Old School. And apologies if you got nothing there. <laughs> hey, we're back. Or we never went away. We're just still here. So, yeah, I mean, these uh, these tests uh, are a lot of fun. Um, I do like Vince Vaughn because it's a very strange line he says at the start. And he says to uh, the pledgers who are now part of the fraternity, his co-frat boys, uh, frat men, he talks about how the board of trustees are going to make them test, including a contribution to community, which explains that weird line at the start where he goes, we're giving nothing back to the community. Yes. You're like, why is that there? It's for this. Okay. It's for this. Uh, he, he also says, holding myself up on the rings while smoking was much trickier than I made it look. Well, yeah. I mean, it's very hard to do that rings thing anyway. Yeah, I can do it. No. no dense bones. I probably could. Um, no, no I don't think I could. But um, to do it with a cigarette, that's quite an iconic image to me as well. Him hanging there with a cigarette sure. in his mouth. I agree. I agree. Uh, we get James Carvel. Yeah, who's someone I was very aware of because I'd seen the documentary, The War Room, which is one of the best documentaries about politics you'll see. He was the lead strategist on Clinton's political campaign. Right. And they just gave you got amazing access to behind the scenes of this guy strategizing. But they called him the Raging Cajun because he is an angry man. Right. And um, yeah, he then became quite famous. He was on, he'd just be a political analyst on the news all the time in America. Mm. But it's just one of those cameos that just means nothing now. I guess if you're a young person now watching this now, who the fuck's that guy? Yeah, I mean, they, they sort of set him up like he's undefeatable. And apparently that was his legacy. You couldn't beat him in debate when he was on CNN. He's very smart. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's 
speaks incredibly quickly. Yeah, and he's very smart. Apparently, have at it, Haas, was a line he just came up with at the time. Another little ad lib. Classic carve. Uh, we get funny moments. Uh, Will Ferrell being on fire in the cheerleading <laughs> yep, fail. It's, it's funny. It's, it's funny. And then you get to see his body again when he's sort of burnt up. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, then we get this little bit of um, Megan's story where she was blackmailed by the dean about Columbia University. Then he doesn't get in. And so she's recorded him secretly. And it's just basically at this Whatever. point. We need to wrap things at up. At this point in any movie, you need a chase, whether it's a car chase. It's like a fact. It's a structural fact. You need chasing of some description. No, no chase in back to school. No, no, no chase. Which is possibly it's possibly why it's not quite as good as this movie. Oh my god, did I go early? No, I didn't go early. I'm just messing. So, yeah, there's a chase. Will Ferrell gets the tape, and uh, we're into the end. And just in case you were dissatisfied with this ending, you know, did Dean Pritchard really get his comeuppance? What happened to him? What happened to him? what happened to Mark? He was a real bad one. It's a bad egg. Mark is <laughs> driving down the road in Porsche. Drops a cigarette on himself. Dean Pritchard's fly fishing. The Porsche lands on him. You're like, oh, well, Dean Pritchard's dead, but Mark's a boom. <laughs> it explodes. You definitely know they're yep. both dead, and that is a big note to end on, and I love it. What? But it doesn't end there, no, does it? it? Doesn't. No, it doesn't. Who's in heaven? Who's Blue. <laughs> and he's singing Dust in the Wind. <laughs> then what happens? What about Frank, though? Is he happy? I mean, now he's, a, he's on student radio, which I guess really suits Frank, but what else is he doing? Um, he's meeting Heidi in a supermarket, yeah, he and he's going to go to an... He's going to go to a house, not realising it's an orgy. Yeah. But then we don't get that scene. No. End on that one. Do you think... Instead of Beanie coaching kids and getting thrown out of a game, which is another scene here at the oh, end. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. I didn't write that one down because I was like, oh, I'm yeah. out. I'm done. Basically, Todd Phillips, out, Todd Phillips figured out how to do end credits with The Hangover. Yeah. This is fine, but it's a bit all over the place, isn't it? Sure, I think it, fe- it feels... Does, does Mitch get one? No, but, but before before the before the credits before the credits, Ellen's left Mark and is now with him, and we don't know why because she's not a character, and all he's done is throw tea on her, and she's suddenly shown up at his house like she's in love with him. It's just it's so underwritten and poorly developed, and why bother? Yeah, and also she doesn't say sorry, but we'll talk about that in the changes. Uh, right then, so sequel. There was talk of a sequel. Todd Phillips and Scott Armstrong, who wrote this, they wrote a sequel. Todd Phillips says, we wrote it, uh, and I remember we couldn't get Vincent Will's schedule to align, and then I got busy with a hangover, and then it just somehow becomes one of those things that just falls by the wayside. Then you look back on it now and go, ah, fuck, we should have made that. He says it's one of the funniest scripts he's written. Uh, The guys are tagging along on Luke's honeymoon. Uh, They go on a honeymoon to Mexico. It turns out they went during spring break, uh, but they didn't mean to. But now they're there and it's spring break and they all fall into their own ways. It was really ridiculous and funny. Uh, Ivan Reitman says all the main cast became important in their own ways, particularly Will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Will Ferrell... Doesn't agree with Todd Phillips, uh, at least in the interview that he did uh, where he was asked about this sequel. He said, I read the script, some super funny set pieces, but I don't know. I think Vince Vaughn felt had the same reaction. We just kind of were doing the same thing again. Mm. Funny things, but just once again, back in a fraternity setting, it felt like it was repeating. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. We kind of got a spring break version of this, didn't we? With was, Did 22 Jump Street do it? Yeah, 22 Jump Street mm. had older people at college going on spring break. Yeah. And it was very good. Yeah, we also got the sort of wedding party honeymoon thing with the Hangover movie. So, yeah, I think Todd Phillips ticked that box. But, I mean, you know, never say never. They still It still pops its head up every now and again. People talking about doing a sequel to this, which I would certainly watch. Shall we do the bits? Yeah, why not? What, Chris, is the best scene in old school? Oh, I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? There's like three or four memorable scenes. I'm going to go with uh, Frank getting tranquilised. <laughs> with dust in the wind a very close second for weird reasons that I can't explain okay uh, my second place is Luke Wilson's bit take on finding out uh, Darcy's in high school but weirdly my favourite scene is also mm. Frank shooting himself with the trank yeah. dart Frank the trank that's a joke Frank there the trank there you go uh, like you say it's the scene I remember just pissing myself in the cinema 100% yeah 100% okay uh, 
who or what is your most valuable whatever well, in old school? This film started a very long and happy relationship with Will Ferrell mm. for me. So it has to be Will Ferrell. It made me realise that he was funny. Okay, I, I, uh, I, uh, he sort of he made my shortlist because I think this is a really tough one. I think it's between Vaughan and Ferrell on screen for me, or Todd Phillips off screen. Uh, but the reason I'm going for the one I'm going for, I think Todd Phillips and Will Ferrell would have both become hugely successful in comedy without this film. However, I think that if Vince Vaughn hadn't done this movie and hadn't been fought for to do this movie, then we might not have got. Wedding Crashes, for example, and all the brilliant Vince Vaughn movies where he does a similar kind of character because he was on a different trajectory until Todd Phillips got him this role. So it's Todd Phillips. <laughs> Todd Phillips for getting Vince Vaughn the role. And I don't see that little twisty turny like, whoa, where are we going? Yeah, you didn't I like felt that. like it was going there. Yeah, it was, I was just it was, disappointed. Yeah, I was okay. So Todd, 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 Todd Phillips. I should have just said Todd Phillips. What's your change? I don't know. I think... Uh, liven up the tournament at the end. You brought James Carvel in for the debate. Bring in a bunch of celebs. Bring in Paula Abdul to teach them the cheerleading stuff, or Nadia Comaneci to do the you know the the floor stuff, the gymnastics. Yeah, I just think it would be fun if you took that to where it should have gone. Okay, uh, my change probably not going to sit well with you if you think that you know this movie might lean into being. Disrespectful to women uh, because I got quite annoyed that Nicole has basically assumed Mark is telling the truth and that Mitch was harassing a member of the waiting staff at the kids' party. Mm-hmm. Now she's assumed that, despite the fact in the apology scene that isn't an apology scene. She says, oh, yeah, I caught him at it this time. I thought he'd change. So she knows Mm. he's already done this before. And she still doesn't find it in her vocabulary to go, so I'm sorry about that. Mm. That's all I want. I just wanted to say sorry. She doesn't really know Mark, though. Uh, Mitch, right? She didn't really know Mitch, does she? She didn't really know him. It's like the relationship in Back to School. She was barely, barely knew who he was when he said hello to her at the wedding at the beginning. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it's built in the way they interact. You know, they like each other. <laughs> they know it's Valerie and Jason from Back to School. It's Valerie and Jason. Hey, uh, hey, just make them to have been boyfriend and girlfriend when they were at school. Fine. Oh, oh that's good, yeah. It's not hard. There's your change. Right, there's your change. Uh, my bigger change is get rid of the Andy Dick scene. I just don't I, don't, I don't find it particularly funny and I don't think it moves the plot on enough to warrant its place in this film. Sure. Right then, that is us done with old school. It's time for... The verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Oh, who wants to go first? You go first. Shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. So, tougher than I would I thought it would be, genuinely walking into this. So, well done, and thank you, Chris, for introducing me to Back to School. Aww. I enjoyed it good, good, a good. lot. Uh but ultimately, my film, my vote goes to the film that not only made me laugh the most, but here's the weird thing about Todd Phillips and myself. His movies have literally landed at exactly the right time for whatever stage I am at in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I have the Joker. <laughs> you know, there you go. That's though. worrying. Genuinely, Road Trip 2000. I was at uni, old school 2003. I was le- I'd left uni. I'd started working in the real world, getting a bit nostalgic for student days. And also drinking in 2003 equals fun. 2009, The Hangover. Yeah, my friends had started to get married. Also, drinking had consequences for the first time. <laughs> Fast forward. 2019 joker i agree the world is full of darkness and broken so there you go me and todd phillips we've traveled the same path so my vote goes to uh old school chris where are you voting well i asked you to vote first because i've not made up my mind um i think it's very even this week Mm, i didn't think it would be i went into it having seen both films and thinking 100 percent i'd vote for old school but it was more mean-spirited than i remembered um just too much of it didn't really sit right with me this time. Whereas back to school, I was much sweeter than I remembered. Mm-hmm. As we've said, it's sort of got some drama in there. And there's, it's a really lovely relationship between the father and son. Um, it's quite a nice relationship between him and the teacher. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to go for the one that is funny, but also has a bit of heart and soul. Because uh, I think there's other frat pack films that are much better than old school. So I'm going for back to school. <laughs> What a piece. So, uh, she's been listening in live at her cheese rolling festival. Uh, so, she's heard the verdicts, and I'm just getting... Uh, she's typing. 
She's typing. So this is Vicky's vote. The deciding vote live from the unofficial cheese rolling festival. If you need my vote, it's old school. That's all. She hasn't given a reason. Bless her. But she's gone old school. I'm surprised she went for the sexist woman-hating film rather than the sweet one that actually seems to have genuine respect for women. And I think it's... She's changed quite a lot. It's something we should definitely bring up with her mm. next week when yeah. she returns to the show. Because some would say Old School's quite sexist. Very sexist, some would say. Mm. I wouldn't, but uh, you'd think that Vicky would. But maybe not. Maybe, who knows? Maybe she's changed. Maybe cheese rolling has changed her. We'll find out well, next week. fracking changed me. <laughs> <laughs> I barely know who I am anymore. Ah! <laughs> Loved it. Also, I thought I'd heard all of your stories ten times each, but I'd never heard you drinking scary spice wine on Titchmarsh. <laughs> really? Amazing stuff. Oh, good. Good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sort of amazing, sort of embarrassing, sort of like... No. Well, it's a strange point in my life where downing wine on daytime TV seemed like a good decision to impress Mel B. Legend! Mm. And it did, it worked. It, it did, it did. I don't know whether this is more about me, her, or the fact that they asked me back, but that was last week's story. <laughs> right then, talking about next week when Vicky returns to answer questions about her decision making and choosing old school this week we also have a brand new pairing the clue Chris gave on Monday's episode was when in Rome when in Rome I, I'd have gone with oh, I'm slaving away mm, the other one was going to be slave yeah I might put a picture of uh, for the Twitter clue of, of Prince with slave on his cheek good excellent mm, yeah that's what I was thinking yeah well you've done your homework so what are the movies the movies are Spartacus versus Gladiator. Big movies. Big, tough, long movies. Movies where men were men. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Spartacus versus Gladiator available, I'm assuming, all over the shop. Indeed. Great stuff. So that is your homework. Monday, we will return talking the first film in next week's pairing, Spartacus. Until then... Do follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Clash of the Titles is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Support comes from ServiceNow the AI platform for business transformation. You've heard the hype around AI. The truth is, AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow is the platform that puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier. All built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people to learn more.